Folks, what's going on? Arm and Hammer here. Today we're going to talk about the revelation this past weekend from Matt Fraser that he and Rich Froning are just apparently not bros. Huh. In case you missed it, Matt Fraser was a guest on the Darren Woodson podcast and they released it in two different parts. In the second part, someone asks him about his relationship with Rich, considering the fact that, you know, Matt lives in Cookville, Tennessee. And, well, this is what he had to say about it. I've lived in Cookville for three years and Rich hasn't spoken to me in about two and a half. If I'm in Cookville and training at Mayhem, Rich won't won't come to the gym, won't talk to me, his train won't his team won't come there to train, nothing. By the way, before we go any further, be sure to subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any content because guess what? Lots of it's coming out and you're gonna wanna see all of it. So Froning and Fraser aren't really on speaking terms and it seems like there's been some butting of heads or some sort of weirdness between the two of them and between their two camps over the past couple of years. And Matt Fraser, I mean, I respect it because he later on in the podcast says, hey, I've known that someone's going to ask me about this and I've thought about how I was going to approach it and how I was going to answer it. And I've decided to stick with what the facts of the situation are instead of my interpretation of the situation. And I think he does a pretty decent job of doing that, of kind of explaining, hey, at some point, for reasons that I am not aware of, I was just kind of excommunicated from the crew. From then on, I've just kind of been doing my own thing, even though we live in this tiny little college town. Now, before we go any further, I think it's important for me to lay out, like, why am I talking about this? I am neither Rich Froning nor Matt Fraser. I am a third party that watched the same podcast that you guys did, but I also know both of these men pretty well, I would say. I've interacted with both of them pretty frequently. I have spoken to both of them about this topic. Like, I have some knowledge about this situation that isn't necessarily, like, the most accessible to the general population. And while I can't speak for either of them, I can give you my perspective on the reality of the situation, uh, why it matters or doesn't, and exactly what it means going forward. So what is the reality of the situation? Well, for anyone that's actually been paying attention to either of their medias, like whatever's coming out of Mayhem and whatever's coming out of Matt and Tia's camp and just really any media that happens to take place in those in those situations like you're not seeing Matt and Rich together on a regular basis. So if you've been paying attention, this news shouldn't really be that big of a surprise. It's not like they have been very clearly super friendly on social media or on YouTube or whatever for the past few years and this is just kind of showing up, they had a team thing that they were doing, the Froning of Fraser versus the World or Fraser Froning versus the World, I forget exactly what it was called, but it was a set of workouts, like they would do a partner workout and then they would challenge literally anybody on the face of the planet to beat them at this partner workout and then give out pretty extravagant prizes for the people who beat them. And I think they did like two of them. I wanna say maybe they did two of them. But since then, and that was like, almost three years ago at this point. Since then, they haven't really been friendly in the public eye. And it's, I think, a clear sign 
that you never see Matt or Tia at the barn, and you never really see Rich and Matt and Tia training together at Mayhem. They kind of do their own thing, and there's a real practical explanation for that. They're doing completely different things. Matt and Tia's goal is very similar. They're trying to be the best that have ever done this thing, ever, period. Just the most dominant champions of all time. Rich has a completely different mechanism around his motivation and training. Rich has already set himself up as one of the greatest CrossFitters of all time. One of the Mount Rushmore CrossFitters of all time. He's already changed the game in the individual and the team competition. And he has this gigantic machine called Mayhem that has his momentum behind it. So when you look at what each of these individual parties are doing, it would make sense that they're not spending all of their time together and training together because what is going to work and propel Matt and Tia towards their situation and their goals is not the same thing that's going to propel Rich and Mayhem towards his goals and their situation. So from a practical aspect, you should never ever have expected Rich and Matt to be like best buds spending all day every day together because they can't. If they were to train together all the time, I would suspect one or both of them would get injured very quickly because there's no way for them to necessarily like turn off that competitive nature and that's something that I think they kind of both understand as well. It's really, really been beneficial for Matt's game that he trains exclusively with Tia because they're not competitors. They get to compete in their training in a friendly way, but her successes don't take away from his successes and vice versa. If Matt and Rich were training together all the time, it's not like they're direct competitors because Rich's individual career is over, Matt's individual career is ongoing, but they're both hyper-competitive and they're both incredibly fit. So it would lend itself to maybe a little bit too much going on between the two of them. However, just because it's not practical for them to be spending all day, every day together and training together and you know programming for each other or whatever, doesn't mean that you would expect them to be not on speaking terms. And I think the community's reaction to this says a lot more about the community, like the CrossFit community itself, than it does about Rich and Matt. Because yeah, like any sport, there are gonna be people who are just fans of one or the other. There, there's always gonna be someone who says that one of them is the greatest of all time and the other one is not. And that is part of any sport. That's completely reasonable. And I think the expectation for a lot of CrossFitters is that, hey, my experience in the gym is very friendly, it's very inclusive, it's very open, and even though I compete against Edgar the accountant who, you know, sometimes takes me on the rowing workouts because he's super tall, but like I'm definitely going to crush him on anything that has, you know, heavy squats because he has long femurs. Because of our experience in the community, I think a lot of people project that into the competitive sphere of CrossFit and think, oh, well, uh, the base assumption, unless proven otherwise, is that everyone's at the very least buddy-buddy and, and 
you know, like understands what the other person is going through and are, are pretty close. And that's not the reality of the situation. There's a lot of interpersonal differences between many CrossFit Games athletes and they don't all get along. It would be unreasonable to assume that they do. But again, I think we just kind of take our experience in the box and project it onto the Games athletes expecting it to kind of be that way with them. So does it matter that Matt and Rich are not super tight and might be directly adversarial in some way? I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. And, and going forward, obviously there's the idyllic, happy ending version of this movie where they get together and they kind of like hash it out and they're best buds from here on out and like, you know, Rich is Matt's and Sammy's kid's godfather or something, and that kid ends up being like a 15-time CrossFit Games champion. We've seen these movies. It's, it's great. It's super cool. And, you know, I don't really know exactly who would be the Ivan Drago of the situation. Like, would, would someone's from this generation's kid end up being... Like, the, the, who's the Creed and the Ivan Drago? That's, that's basically what I'm trying to figure out. Like, I don't really know exactly who fits in, into those different roles, but, like, would Matt and Rich's relationship be, like, the Rocky and Creed relationship? Or, uh, either way. My point is, yes, there is an idyllic, perfect example of how this might turn out, but they're grown men. They're both adults. They both have their own motivations and thoughts and feelings. They have each other's phone number. If they wanted to talk to each other, it probably wouldn't be too tough to like send a text or like smoke signal through their incredibly largely overlapped series of friends and network. I mean, here's an example. Chris Hinshaw is Matt Fraser's neighbor. They literally live around the corner from one another. Chris Hinshaw is both their coaches. So there's one very direct connection right there that they could just both be like, hey man, Maybe we could talk to each other between you. Maybe you can like help us out a little bit and give us a little bit of help talking to one another. But either way, that hasn't happened. So clearly as grown adults with their own thoughts, feelings, emotions, and decisions, this isn't really that important to either of them. If I had my way, let me tell you exactly what would happen. I would go down to Cookville right before Matt leaves Cookville. So it would be like Matt and Sammy are moving out of Cookville and as one last hurrah, Armin goes over to Tennessee, puts them in a room together, they do a workout, partner, not head-to-head, -head. they get a good sweat, they get out of breath, they do something real savage, and then while they're just, you know, I won't say destroyed, because when's the last time they were either of them, like, destroyed by a workout? While they're both mildly uncomfortable and sweaty and have worked a good out-of-breathness for either of them, which I imagine would take a truly astounding effort. But either way, while they're in that state, hash it out. Have a real conversation. Talk about each of their legacies. Talk about where their headbutting may have started. What types of insecurities they might be feeling. That could sound kind of weird to a lot of people, but I think that type of honesty, I think that type of clarity, I think that type of communication would be a breath of fresh air. I would love to see that. You tell me, would you like to see something like that? 
maybe you think it's a little too like frou-frou. He, he wants to have them light incense and, and have essential oils while they have conversations with one another. I can't believe this. Why don't they just have a fist fight? Maybe you believe that way. I don't know why that voice, by the way, is the same voice for everybody. It just, it is the voice. But maybe you disagree. I'd like to hear what your thoughts are in terms of how that should pan out and, and whether or not I should absolutely make that happen. The real end result of all of this is probably going to be that their relationship, which is currently quite icy, it seems like, is gonna remain icy. I don't, I don't see this being a catalyst for them to become like super tight. I think down the line, there is absolutely going to be a situation in which Fraser and Froning are at least able to reconcile their differences and their relationship to the point where it's clear in the public eye that they respect one another and each other's accomplishments. I think that down the line, that is absolutely going to happen. And the reason why I think that's the case is simple. Time is going to ruin them both. It's as simple as that. At some point or another, the only thing that's gonna be left in terms of their capacities and their presence is what was once the case. And they're gonna have that in common. And I don't suspect either of them are going to be exiting this, this ecosystem anytime soon. You know, Matt's always talked about, oh, you know what, once I'm, once I'm done competing, I'm gone. But I think that's changed. I think he's really come into a different mindset about that. And my, my suspicion is that Matt and Rich are both gonna be pillars of the community in some way, shape, or form down the line for years. And I think that's a really important thing to have. Just imagine if Jordan didn't talk about or interact with basketball ever. It would be really strange. And I think that's the exact situation that we're gonna have. I think down the line, they're both gonna find that they have much more in common than they expected and that the old rivalry doesn't necessarily have the same heat that it had before. And that is where we get the Rocky Five situation. Was it Rocky Five? Where old Rocky Balboa fights the young champ because he saw like a 3D video game rendering of himself fighting him and he was like, I think I can do this. This is gonna be a great fight. <laughs> Either way, the offer still stands. Matt, Rich, I'm here. I can be there literally whenever. Let's do this. Have a good sweat sesh. I'll set up the camera. You guys can hash it out. We'll have a good time. It'll be wonderful. Thank you so much everybody for watching. I'll see you very, very soon. Take care.